Log Talk Radio. Change will not come if we wait for some other person or if we wait for some other time. We are the ones we've been waiting for. cannot continue to rely only on our military in order to achieve the national security objectives that we've set. We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful, just as strong, just as well-funded. making that promo, that uh, intro for Doc, and I know he likes it because he plays it, and that's how you know. If somebody likes something that you do, they use it. You know, you get them a gift. If they use it, that means they like it. 
you know. He does. He genuinely does not feel obligated to to run it because I've made him others that he doesn't run. No biggie. <laughs> yes, everybody, listen up. This is Dave Graham. Uh, I'll be on in about an hour on Stay Mad Radio. Uh, Doc asked me today if I could fill in for his sh- fill in um, for him on his show, and uh, of course I. Um, I like I'm honored to do that actually because uh you know I get a shot at uh at his audience and uh although it uh it's kind of melding into one uh now which was kind of our goal when we started uh when we started grouping our shows together and and uh and promoting them um you know cross promoting we get a lot of uh a lot of the same audience from one show to the next and uh that's that's the whole plan so uh we uh, we definitely appreciate everybody you know playing along <laughs> and coming to the shows. <laughs> yeah, I got a whole bunch of people in the room right now and I uh I, it's great to great to have you in. And um I'm going to be uh I I've I've got a uh you know, this is this is my back pocket show. I guess I'm going to be on again tomorrow night um right before Tesla's show uh on the uh, on the round table. But uh, Doc did ask me if I could do uh, tonight and tomorrow, and um, so yeah, so I got uh, I got my back pocket show, uh, the cost of living, which is the hidden tax, uh, something I um, something I worked out uh, recently, and uh, I uh, I hope you like it. Um, but right now, you know, since you're since we're in um, since you we're in Doc's house, but I'm in charge. Uh, we're doing the pledge, so sit tight. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. What do those words mean to you? To me, they say, thank you, America, for your strength, your courage, and for our freedom, which has been a beacon to the world for 200 years. Of the United States of America. Whose bright stars are 50 states, each bearing its own stamp of individuality. People, 200 million strong. People who have come to her from all corners of the earth. And to the Republic for Richard Stanton. A land of laws an ingenious system of checks and balances that allows no man to become a tyrant and lets no group prevail if their power is not tempered with a real concern for the government. A land where the right of dissent and free speech is jealously guarded. Where the ballot box is the sword People, it's real. One nation under God. A land where freedom of worship is a cornerstone of her being. A land great with temples and churches. Synagogues and altars that rise in profusion to embrace all the religions of the world. Indivisible. A land forged by the hot steel and raw courage. Conformed forever by the awful crucible. Civil War. With liberty. Her man in pursuit of an honest life will not be denied his chance. 
where her citizens move freely within her vast borders without hindrance or fear. A land brimming with opportunity, where freedom of choice is the guideline for all. And justice. The courts of our land are open to all. Its wheels of justice grind for all causes, all people. They look to every avenue for justice, every concern of the law, and they temper their reasoning with mercy for all. And I always let that one hang because he's right. And that wasn't so long ago either. That's all I want. You know, I want it back like that. And I don't think that's too much to ask. So, all right, let me bump back out of this. All right, enough of that. Um, welcome, folks. Uh, this is the Situation Report. David Graham filling in for Doc Jones. And uh, uh, it's great to have everybody here. I am uh, I am going to be uh, I am going to be talking about um, some uh, some hidden taxes, but I'm also going to get into I, everything I everything I uh, I end up uh, you know thinking about um, circles back around into the whole Marxism uh, you know commie you know lefty agenda infiltration all that stuff. Um, I found myself writing about that when I was uh, taking notes on this show, and I said, huh, it always comes back to that. Because it does. Everything, you know, everything that we're dealing with comes back to that right now. So, um, uh, I heard Doc's show last night. If you weren't here, if you weren't there, he was talking about, you know, he's made it clear to the Secret Service people listening that he wishes no harm to come to the president other than stubbing his toe on his way out the door. And uh actually I I have a different a different one. Um It's it's not a bad thing. Um I would just like to see the the worst uh harm come to him is uh handcuff chafe when he gets arrested. For usurping. <laughs> that would be good. Have him have him perp walked out, you know. Behind his back, preferably. <laughs> Watch your head, sir. <laughs> There'd be a few cameras around to watch that one, I think. Um <clears throat> Is it true that Mitt Romney's first name isn't Mitt, it's Willard? Is that true? Anybody? <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I, I when you listen to um when you listen to the media bias, and, and pretty much everybody understands that they are, and, and they just absolutely cannot see, you know, why uh, conservatives uh, c- conservatives think that way. How can they say things like that? They're racist. They're this. They're that. Um, I I can say thank God for President Bush, because when you plug President Bush 
into the equation as far as what they let Obama get away with. If they're honest with themselves, they're 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 going to think differently. In other words, they let uh, Obama get away with all kinds of things, right? And they stick up for him, and they justify it, and they, you know, and and you know, like all the all the pundits and you know, like MSNBC and stuff like that. They they carry the water and everything like that, and they're so indignant in their indignance, and uh, and and they won't let anybody, you know, give them a different point of view. But if you ask them, if you were talking about George Bush, would you still feel the same way? Because I know uh, many of us conservatives can. We can look at Bush and say, no, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with this. I don't agree with that. He was bad at that. You know, uh, there's plenty to, to disagree with. But, he, you know, I don't, we don't think necessarily that he was the devil incarnate like, uh, like, they, like he was portrayed. And he never stuck up for himself. I don't agree with that either. You know, he needed to defeat them. But he just kind of laid down, which, you know. What are you going to do? You know, it's his, it's his choice. So, so anyways, um, let's uh, let's dive in, shall we? Uh, my call-in number, if you want to come uh, and, and chime in, was just covered up by my Twitter uh, thing that comes on. Oh, there it is, 877, wait a minute, 347 Twitter. I gotta move that over out of the way there. There we go. Three four seven eight eight four eighty five hundred. The the little tweet deck box that keeps coming in every time somebody puts a tweet because the tweet deck's behind everything, but the but the notification comes in front. <laughs> it's covering up the covering up the number. Oh, so um, let me just ask a question: How much does milk cost now? What does it cost to fill your tank with gas? What's the price of bread? What's the price of vegetables? What are the grains like uh, corn, rice, and wheat? How much are these now? And Obama's going around, you know, talking about lower taxes for the middle class. That's a farce on so many levels. Well, here's how it works. You know, uh, to buy votes, Obama and the other progressives have concealed the real goal, tyranny. And to justify it and to make it more politically acceptable, politically acceptable, they call it the, air quotes, fair share. Raising taxes on what they, what they secretly call the upper class – well, first, is there anybody who does not want to be in the upper class? I don't think so. I mean, if you had the choice, if it was just as easy as deciding, okay, I'm going to be here or I'm going to be here, you know, there's, there's arguments with that. But they don't call it that. They don't say upper class because then they wouldn't be able to deny class warfare. What they call it is the 1% or the top 5% in the country. You know, these... These used to be the example uh, to uh, to which people would aspire. Yeah. But now, 
what is what is the incentive? All right, what is the incentive to you know get yourself over the hump uh, in order to get more wealth? Because once you do, I mean, it's just you know you're in line to be vilified and demonized and ridiculed and. That whole attitude, to me, represents a lack of respect for private property because they want what you got or or they at least don't want you to have it. But to get away with it, they're claiming to lower taxes on the air quotes, 99%. This is, um, this is actual dollars people see. In other words, if they look at their tax return, actual dollars that people see the government take. Well, who's going to... Who among us can really challenge terms with such vagueness as as rich or wealthy or 1% or the richest among us? And if anybody doth protest, they're labeled as greedy. And I don't know how many times I've heard on this show, this show that you're listening to right now, the uh, Doc Play, the Milton Friedman uh, clip, where he's talking with Donahue, and he says, of course, none of us are greedy. It's only the other fellow that's greedy. (laughs) You ever hear that one on here? I'm looking for it right now. Uh, 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 uh. Well, I don't know if he's still got it in his thing. I might, maybe I'll. Margaret Maxine Milton Friedman. Why soak the rich? Milton Friedman, two twenty nine collectivism. Uh, um. Well, anyway, that's what he said. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bother playing it. But uh, but anyways, um, let me let me get back to the point because basically what it boils down to. Yeah, binary prince says, I want to be in the upper class. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You're you're a rich capitalist pig is, is what you are. That's all you are if you make it to the upper class. But stick around because I got, you know, plenty plenty more points. But the the, the point I was making is basically people will will feel better about how things are being run. After all, they're getting a tax cut. You know, when you <laughs> You see the administration running around bragging about the Buffett rule, you know, which boasts raising of, raising of taxes if you make more than a million dollars. You know, that's that's Schadenfreude that that kicks in. But but check this out. I actually like the Buffett rule. Well, I don't like that part of the Buffett rule that I just read. But how much does this guy owe in back taxes? Isn't it close to like a mil- a billion dollars? Hold on, I got it right here, from the bla- <laughs> from the blaze dot com <laughs> headline. How much is Buffett's Berkshire Hathaway back back tax bill exactly? About one billion. And it says uh, uh, this was dated. Um, August 30, 2011. They, they say, on Monday, the Blaze reporter Warren Buffett's company, Berkshire Hathaway, owes back taxes dating to 2002. The news is significant because in a recent op-ed column for the New York Times, Buffett, one of President Obama's staunchest supporters, stated that 
uh, to now, the super wealthy have been coddled and deserve to be taxed at an even higher rate than they currently are. Well, that's simple, especially if you're Warren Buffett. All you got to do is not pay him to the tune of one billion or over a billion. Let's see. According to page 56 of the company report, at December 31, 2010, net unrecognized tax benefits were 1,005 million or about a billion. <clears throat> so, uh, this was uh this was listed on um on the blaze and i think what i'm going to do right now is i'm going to take a quick little break and uh i will be right back all right stay tuned let's get together this weekend this is tesla your host of the internet radio talk show socialism is not an option Every weekend, we bring you three fantastic, exciting shows that are sure to make you laugh, cry, get angry, and even think. Start your weekend on Friday night with the Roundtable Roundup Edition. This show features other radio hosts and listeners who call in. And it's like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get when the show opens. Our Saturday program is the American Exceptionalism Edition that focuses on the Constitution and our founding fathers in light of today's current events emphasizing America's greatness. The American Exceptionalism Edition is for all patriots. And our Hot Topic program sizzles every Sunday as we analyze the important national and international issues with intelligent political analysis without the bells and whistles. If you want the truth without the distractions, Sunday is where you want to be. Join us every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday on the Internet Radio Talk Show, Socialism is Not an Option. That's www.blogtalkradio.com forward slash Tesler. See you this weekend. Socialism is not an option. WWDB 24-7 Internet Talk Radio. And we're back. You're listening to David Graham. He's filling in for Doc Jones on the Situation Report. Um, it was uh, just a, a timing thing just a, a minute ago where there was a little parade that just went by and, you know, kids and dogs and all kinds of people going by. So uh, I apologize for that. But uh, let me, um, you know, I was getting back to the uh, to the Buffett rule. You know, if they're going to talk about the Buffett rule, why not add that part to the Buffett rule, right? You know, because because uh, when when you when you talk about it, you know, he's talk he was bragging about it, wasn't it, in the uh, the State of the Union that uh the buffett rule but but the way he um the way he said it was you know the the uh millionaires will pay uh, a higher a higher rate thirty percent or something like that but when you look at when you look at buffett and and uh as as far as his taxes go, he owes about a billion going back to two thousand and two so you know charge him whatever you want he's not gonna pay. But let's analyze. Okay, all right. That's just whatever, you know. That's a little side point. <clears throat> still, still more parade going by. 
All right. What's up, buddy? Okay, we got to go. I got to go because I'm doing a thing here. All right. I'll see it later. Thank you. All right. That was, I should have took two breaks. Uh, analyze uh, analyze the um, what's behind it and, and under the, uh, the millionaires. And uh, what you see is – and see if you can follow me on this. People who earn a million dollars are producers, okay? And uh, they – they have uh, they have a lifestyle and that re- reflects you know their income. I mean, does that make them greedy? You know, I can go on and on about being greedy. Uh, it's it's uh, it has nothing to do with greed because greed is only something that you apply to somebody else. All right, to that person, they're uh, they're working as hard as they can, and why shouldn't they? They're working in their own self-interest, and why shouldn't they? Uh, they they um, they produce they provide jobs. See, producers they create and provide products and services because here's here's the thing that they never see people who who. Who espouse Marxism? They'll first of all they'll never admit that it's Marxism, okay? Uh, but you have to call it what it is. They never think of the idea of taxes being overhead, uh, whether it's a business or an individual or, or you know or a giant corporation. The cost of living can equate to the cost of doing business because when it costs more to do business for a company, they tighten their belt. They lay people off. They cut back on other expenses. They streamline their operations. Why do they do that? I mean, after all, they can afford it. (laughs) Quote, quote, they they can afford it, unquote. (laughs) Well, let's ask the question. Why should a business in a free society... um, why should a business absorb higher overhead out of their profits? Should should the millionaires sell their house and buy themselves a double wide to match their standard of living to the taxes collected? And there's a question. Seems kind of backwards to me, but you know they should have what they earn and how hard they work be the measure of what they keep. Instead, it's uh, you know it's getting to be how much the government steals from them, which determines their standard of living, and that's what the government wants. You know, it's it's gotten to the point for me now. I thought of this today. You know, it seems like the people uh, the people in government are going to protect government. They're not there necessarily to protect the citizens. I mean, the whole thing has has gotten. Clouded. I mean, there's a, obviously there's a there's a few you know really really good ones, and um, you know maybe uh, maybe I'm going to talk about that in one of my shows too. The uh, the uh, Alan West and the um, 
uh, who's that other that little fat man there that Eric talks about? Ah, oh, Ed Schultz. Yeah, they had the whole thing there. Uh, but anyways, let me get back to what I was uh, what I was talking about because um, the process which causes them to tighten their belt, so to speak, jobs are lost, and, and uh, end user prices increase. So that means there's less money overall circulating because the people who aren't working don't have money to pay the extra, the, uh, the higher prices of products and services. So there's, you know, they 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 have to. Uh, there's less money out there circling, in the uh, you know circulating. Um, I heard recently in a uh, in a clip that Margaret Thatcher once accused her opposition of being content to allow the poor to be poorer as long as the rich were less rich. And I think that is a spot-on assessment. Because it's true. I don't get how the administration doesn't see this, because... I mean, if you assume that they want a prosperous nation, they should see it. You know, I, I, don't, I don't get how they don't see it. I see it. I'm a self-educated, out-of-work janitor. <laughs> Thank you, Obama. And it's safe to assume that the people who are in charge are fairly highly educated. So what I'm getting at is they do know. That's the only conclusion you can you can be left with. You know, the original premise of them wanting a prosperous nation is wrong. All right, I got a caller on the line. Let's uh, see who is on 612. Same as always, Dave. Reactionaries. Straight from the People's Republic of Minnesota, where uh, motivation is discouraged and indolence is encouraged. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's. Uh, I, I think, and I'm going to talk about this later in, my, in the second hour of my show. I have a guest coming on, but I've got some other. Some other ideas, and I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to run the spoiler now, but but. Uh, it has to do with the the leadership, and I'm not talking about a leader necessarily telling people what to do. I mean, sometimes some people need a leader to do that. I'm talking about a leader who can inspire and motivate people, and not motivate them to uh, <clears throat> to hate a different section of of their same country. You know, so that's that's where I'm going a, a little bit later on tonight with that. But um yeah it's the, the you're right the uh the the motivated the motivation is just sapped right out of it. So go ahead. But, which is, you know, and you did actually get to the point that I was talk that I wanted to say was that anybody who's running a business is in business to make money. Oh, I know. That's, that's that the right? point. <laughs> and to think that somebody is just going to take hit and hit and hit after hit 
on the bottom line of their business and not pass that on to the end user is, you know, exists, it vibrates on a level that most of us can't see. That's true. So it's really, uh, you know, it's a sucker game, and it's been going on for, for decades and decades and decades, and it is, you know, by nature, very pretty much the definition of class warfare. Well, that's where I'm going next. Uh, that is actually, uh, that is exactly where I'm going next, because, you know, folks, you've got to stop rolling your eyes and read the Communist Manifesto, okay? Read it. You can get it online. Communist Manifesto. Download it. It's, it's not many pages. Read it, and you'll see where this whole direction comes from. Sure. Uh, you know, there was, there was plenty of us uh, asleep at the wheel, during which time our schools, our political parties, they all were infiltrated with, you know, progressives or, uh, as I like to call them, commie filth. See, and you know this, reactionaries, the, the communists lost the Cold War. But what they did is they regrouped, they reevaluated. The second wave of attack was to in- introduce cancerous cells into our civil society. You know, to infiltrate first the media to avoid exposure, um, you know, for when the movement escalates, which is about now. Infiltrate the schools uh, to control what most students learn about our founding and our unfair society, which is about now. Infiltrate the political parties to enact the socialist progressive policies, which is about now. And infiltrate the judiciary to protect the agenda from legal actions and to push it through to create precedent. So that's uh that's a little uh that's a little swerve into uh you know one of my favorite topics about the the origins of of what's going on the whole lefty agenda is is on that but you already knew that didn't you yes, this is this is fruition this mm-hmm. has been going on since the time of the the first heinous Wilson and Teddy Roosevelt yep and these things were, and there's a large chunk of history, you know, which is generally passed over about, you know, heavy wow. communist influences in the 30s, you know, the apologists for Hitler before the Second World War, uh, you know, Workers' Party Unite during that, the post. 29 crash and before the Second World War. Right, I mean, right. That was, uh, that was where the, the, the where it all started, and as America became wealthier, and we weren't consumed with day to day eking out a living. The Industrial Revolution really could be could be the actual groundwork for how it all ended up this way because if you don't have to spend sun up to sundown to feed yourself and your family and keep hearth and home together, you don't have time to dick around with feeling guilty or making somebody else feel guilty because they have less than you. Right. Absolutely. You know, and, and, uh, 
you know that that uh, geez, you're you're leading me right into the to the next thing. What I wanted to talk about. You get back to the issue of the you know the 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 air quotes ninety nine percent. You know they've been told they now play, pay lower taxes. The air quotes one percent. You know is now paying higher taxes. Yay! All is right with the world now, right? Because everyone you know quote everyone pays their fair share unquote. Problem solved. No more uber rich because they've been taxed out of their wealth. They probably stole it anyways. But that taxed wealth, listen up, that taxed wealth has now been redistributed to whom? Well, hold on a second. Before I get to that, let me get back to that. Let me put that aside for right now because you'll be interested uh, where I go with that one. The 1% uh, uh, raises prices on their products and services uh, like uh, groceries, gas, and galoshers, for instance. And now... With the extra four dollars or so uh, a month in their pockets, the ninety-nine percent now needs four dollars for one gallon of gas, four dollars for a gallon of milk. You know, the savings in the lower taxes is swallowed up exponentially by the cost of living. You get, you get it? The Marxist rhetoric for four dollars that returns a negative exponent is not a good trade using the simple language from Dances with Wolves. Well, no, it's not a good trade, <laughs> but the $4 wasn't the point. No, the I know. Point of, the point they, of that is to hasten the demise of Social Security and Medicare. Yeah, but the $4 is how they sold it. Right. The yeah. only thing is, is that you don't have to be a real brain surgeon to go, wait a minute, if you're cutting your SSI income by half, where's that coming from? Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, and let's even address the, the largest fallacy of all in my mind, which is how do you pay for a tax cut? Well, you don't pay for a tax cut because it ain't your money to start with, government. Ding, 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 ding. Absolutely. Yep. And, you know, in as much as I'm waiting for the grand explosion of the newt, he does have one particularly salient point which is that you reduce the size of government to meet your income. You don't increase the size of your income to meet the needs of the government. Right. Absolutely. That, that is, you know, and if somebody can do that, then, you know, yay, yip, 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 yahoo. You know, I I was listening, I listened to, uh, you know, talk radio while I'm driving and, you know, at the top of the hour, they have a newscast and I, and I remember just a, a clip and it just, it, they, they did a they did about well they did a small chunk in that in that five minute newscast about which gender has the better parking skills men or women I was like really you know this is what the media tells us this is what someone studies I mean why might they might they have used that forty five seconds to hammer away at Marxist theory but no. See, the cost of living is the secret hidden tax that progressives do know about. And they laugh at the saps who haven't figured it out yet. Well, well and it's, 
you know, this has been an ongoing thing with me for a couple years. Like two years ago at Christmas, mm-hmm. I gave each member of my family a box of staples. Coffee, salt, yep. Yep. spices, what have you, you know, stuff that they like, you know, uh, my brother likes peanut butter, so we got a big pile of peanut butter. You know, and I said, now take your box and set that up and look at what this costs today. And then look at it three months from now and see what happens. Because most of the price increases go so incrementally that you don't really notice it until all of a sudden peanut butter has gone up 25% in the last year or so. Coffee's gone up 20%. Yeah. You know, sugar is going to be the new freaking gold. They're starting to make a move on regulating sugar. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. And you know what I thought of? And uh, you you may not have been around when I had this lady on. Uh, uh, it was before I moved in uh, with... <laughs> Moved into G Ski's um, network. There, I um, I had a lady on who was a survivor of uh, East German uh, communist occupation. Uh, you know, in the uh, in the forties, and she uh, she escaped. But she, <laughs> I'll have her on again um, pretty soon, uh, hopefully. And um, but uh, she she's a she's a delightful uh, delightful lady with a with a tragic amazing story. And one of the one of the pieces in her story was when she was a little girl she remembered that in the uh, there was you know uh, as soon as the communists took over every every resource everything that had uh, uh, the minutia of value just disappeared it, it got swallowed up and and nobody had anything they had to go begging for food they had to you know they had to you know go uh, you know they had to they had to be very resourceful well there was one building that um, at the time Hitler had stacked 40-pound sacks of sugar, floor-to-ceiling. And she goes, you might think this is funny, but you know what? We lived for months on just raw sugar because <laughs> they didn't have any other food. She says, you can live on sugar. <laughs> yeah. And a wheelbarrow in the sacks out of there, you know. And it, it, evidently, it was an it was an oversight on you know on the uh, on their part, although the communists didn't know it was there. But um, they uh, they were wheelbarrowing it out of there. They were she said it was all over the ground, you know. It was sticky when it rained. It was uh, it was really kind of a it was a tragic story that it you know that it was that situation, but it was you know, a a ray of humor within it. Right. But, I mean, you started looking at when we were settling the West. What were the things that everybody kept on when they were going? What were their their trade materials? Mm -hmm. It was sugar. It was coffee. It was tobacco. It was meat. Yep. It was grain. And flour. Those are the things when you have nothing that are more valuable than gold. You know, and the funny thing was, is I had, uh, 
had started running across some little uh, drips and drabs on the net about where it started to look to me like they were going to start pushing, they're going to start putting uh, the, the press on uh, what the MSM refers to as uh, preppers. Okay. And I was looking into a couple things, and it was the normal lived disdain and this and that. And I started looking at it a little bit more, and then, well, and I popped a deal up on the forum page about it, you know, preppers, you know, moon bats or patriots. And within 24 hours, Matt Geo is starting a new series about doomsday preppers. Ah. People that believe that the apocalypse is going to be coming. You know? So what is that, Dave? Is that an Alinsky rule? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Are you freezing them. You're, you're you're picking your target. You're freezing it. You're you're um you're uh, highlighting it. You're not taking any pressure off. You're you're right. it. You're yeah. You're them to ridicule the most yeah. powerful weapon of all. Because it can't be countered. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me uh, let me swerve back because um, I, I got about fifteen fifteen minutes left, or uh, actually, I'd like to end about five minutes early so I can get over to my other show. But uh, let me let me just put this out on this show. I've, I've talked about it a little bit in my uh, in my show, but the the whole point of the redistribution of wealth you you, you hear that, but you don't hear Obama say it really. You but that you know that's what he's talking about. Everyone else says that you know the redistribution of wealth, redistributing wealth. And when you when you hear this when you hear the statement, it implies a a sort of leveling of of resources, usually money, you know, or property. But the rich will get less, so the poor can get more, type of thing. So you know, so things will will you know the the gap is a little bit less, and you know, blah 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 in theory. But let me ask you this: Where in that phrase, uh, quote, redistribute wealth? Does it actually say anything about leveling? In other words, whom has our wealth been redistributed to? And and there's a few things that leaps into my mind, like uh, Solyndra, like unions. You know, of course, those are the the epitome of impoverished folks. Uh, banks, auto manufacturers, insurance companies, on and on and on. You know, go, the things. The thing, the point I'm making is, government takes money on the auspices of redistributing to the poor or or the the less fortunate by constantly beating the class war drum, and of course denying that it's a class war drum. But where does the money actually go? To the rich. You know, the rest of us may be struggling with with higher prices of everyday life now, and people are getting you know people are getting the benefits. From their higher taxi, uh, from higher taxes on the wealthy, they're not worried about the higher cost of life before the benefits roll in. You know, I mean, I don't mean to sound like a, a, a occupied here, but uh, what I'm pointing out is tax cuts for the 99 percent. I'm pointing out two things, okay? Tax cuts for the you know the 99 percent is consumed by the higher cost of of living, and second is. The money is skimmed off the top of our economy, and it's actually being distributed to those who are already in the what they call the one percent. 
You know, I mean, uh, you can't begrudge someone working hard and earning a lot of money. You can't because that's why they did what they did. But to me, the fragility of the human id sometimes allows corruption to enter the picture. And then political reward, to me, does not represent earning or producing anymore. And that kind of wealth I can begrudge. Because it's stolen. I mean, it was stolen by those in power, and it was stolen because they're in power. They can set laws to exempt themselves from prosecution, you know, like the insider trading thing. And, and uh, you know, can you steal from anyone? I mean, even if it's to give to someone else, no. Go, go ahead, reactionary. Okay. Redistribution doesn't happen from the top down. It happens from the middle down. No, it's from the middle up, if I could beg to differ. Well, when we're when we're talking about it, when you have forty eight percent of the people that pay no federal income tax. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's the bottom. Yeah. Okay. Then any of us fools who have done whatever it takes in order to get stuck into the paying the tax, go to the middle, which, and there's that, uh, that strata is being compressed from the top down and the bottom up. Mm-hmm. And the inside so, out. <laughs> excuse me? And the inside out, you forgot. Right. Well, no. <laughs> no, it's a whole other thing. I know. Inside out is what happens after you get squished hard enough. <laughs> so, well, what we're looking at, okay, so you can tax the rich. They're going to pass it on to the middle. The bottom don't pay anything. So in the final analysis, it is the middle that the wealth is taken from to redistribute. The point of the exercise being is to eliminate the middle class, therefore you will have the nobility class and the surf class. Mm-hmm. And I ain't much of a surfer. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm a guy, you know, I like my, I like my toys, you know, I like the idea that, you know, my life doesn't have to, doesn't have to suck on a daily basis and it's not toil and drudgery and I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do all the stuff, you know, that I used to do, you know. Right. I've owned my own business. Mm-hmm, me too. And, and uh, you know, I worked uh, 100 hours a week, and that wasn't my only job, you know. Yeah. I And finally, I had to give it up because my boss was a prick and he made me work too much. So it was just one of those things. Yeah, it is just one of those things. But you know what, uh, reactionaries, I'm going to have to leave it there because i got to do a, a closeout thing, and um, I want to have a, a couple of minutes to get over to my other show. And I hopefully you'll be there, but I really I want you to know I really appreciate you, uh, you know, I really appreciate you calling in um, tonight uh, for, uh, for the Doc Jones situation report. Uh, I want to thank everybody for coming in. Uh, that's about where I'm going to be uh, going to be leaving the um, – 
the, the show. And, uh, and the hopefully uh, I'll see you guys yeah. in the next show, Stay Mad Radio. In about uh, forty about forty minutes, I'm going to be having uh, a Why guest on. Oh, that's worth listening to. For the most part, of the nation's losers. Yeah. So uh, thank you all very much. Uh, appreciate Doc letting me uh, let me do a, do a fill in and the things that people need. Then government can. I'm trying to time it for these little things. <laughs> Anyway, thank, thanks everybody for coming. I gotta, uh, I, I gotta get going and uh, get ready into my other show. So, check it out. Less government and less taxes and more freedom for the people. Iran, Cuba, Venezuela, these countries are tiny compared to the Soviet Union. Bring myself and the American flag. Never give up the freedom my pop fought for us to have. Never give it back. On this Memorial Day, as our nation honors its unbroken line of fallen heroes, and I see many of them in, in the audience here today.